0: Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. You know, late last year, I was talking to a a church leader who's leading in a church where they're down to less than a dozen people attending. And you know, one of the things that was super sad was they were reflecting on the fact that they have no next generation leaders at all. No kids, no young leaders. We don't want that to happen for your church. And although you're not maybe at that extreme end of the scale, you no doubt are having a problem developing Gen Z leaders, and that's why I want you to reach out to my friends at Leadership Pathway. Listen, there are there has got to be a better way to find, develop, and support next generation church leaders for your team. We've been talking about this for years. i been talking about it since I graduated from college, and we still haven't fa- we still haven't figured that out. But our friends at Leadership Pathway have. You don't have enough time in day-to-day ministry to chase the leads, figure out the resume, onboard all those people. That's where my friends at Leadership Pathway come in. They want to build a robust residency program for you. They've interviewed, talked with literally thousands of Gen Z leaders, and they want they've helped them take the next step in ministry and they want to help you develop a pipeline to do the same thing. What I want you to do is to go over to leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary to learn more. They've got some special events coming up this spring. We're we're really, they're packaging all this up into a couple day mastermind retreat kind of environments. You're going to want to learn more about that and you're going to want to connect with them really to say, hey friends, I need you to help me find, develop, and release next gen leaders through a residency program today. Leadershippathway.org forward slash Unseminary today. Thanks friends.
1: Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey,
0: everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. It is a great day today. We have got... In fact, I think this is the first time on in the history, of, you know, 600 episodes in that this has happened. We have previous guests who have both done solo episodes that now are coming on a combined episode. Super exciting. What does that mean? That means you're in for a real treat today. We've got Scott Longyear and Heath Bottomley with us. Heath is the lead pastor of creative teams at Pure Heart Church, which has two campuses in Arizona, if I can count correct. Uh, he's also the, co- uh, the co-owner of Media Maven Publications and is a creative strategist beyond an incredible experience called the Experience Conference. Scott Longyear is the senior pastor of Maryland Community Church, which is one of the fastest growing churches in the country, not in Maryland, though, in Indiana, just to throw curveballs because he's so creative. <laughs> um, and He's the, also the pastor of Experience Conference uh, and is, is a co-host of the really popular and incredible uh, Worship Leader Problems or Probs podcast because they're so cool. Uh, Scott, uh, he's so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. So, so thanks for being on the show today.
2: Thanks Great. for having Thanks us. for having us. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: No, this is going to be good. I'm excited about this. I saw recently that you guys released a book and today, again, we're breaking with tradition. Normally friends, I like to talk with our guests and then if they've got a book, talk about it at the end, but actually I want you to check this book out so much. I want to get it right up front. So the name of this book is fight for the future, creating the right blueprint for building God size dreams. Um, Scott, why don't you tell us why did you guys collaborate on this book? Why this book? Why take the time, effort and energy to put this thing together?
2: Well, I think Rich, we've we've just found a. You know, there are a lot of people that talk about like, man, we should and we should do this, and man, if our mm. church did this and did this, and and uh, I'll, I'll couch it in a story. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just a, probably one of the one of the biggest lessons I learned when I had lunch with John Maxwell, mm-hmm. which
0: sounds it's a nice really name drop, awesome, doesn't it? That's it's a great insane. name like, drop a- right there. <laughs> just you should have rolled right past it. That would have been great. Well, you know, me and John, I sometimes call him Johnny.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It'll seem it. less impressive when I tell you how we did it. So yes. years ago, we're at, a, we're at a conference. There's about 2,000 people that are there. I'm attending a conference mm-hmm. with some of our staff. Uh, and John Maxwell is teaching on stage doing his thing. And in one of the sessions, he says, hey, I was teaching you know, last year. And there, there were three guys in the front row. While I was teaching, they just flipped up this sign that said, lunch, we will buy. And so John just mm-hmm. tells the story. And so mm-hmm. I look at some of the guys that are with me, and we're younger and we've probably got more ambition than brains. And uh, <laughs> we're just like, whoa. Let's so we, do it. Break, we break from that <laughs> session. We go back and we're, we're finding the church staff. We're like, we need some cardboard and a sharpie. So uh. <laughs> we, we get a cardboard and a sharpie. They start the second session. Again, this is, there's about 2,000 people. It's this, this uh, new but very traditional church. So they have this giant choir loft. So John mm-hmm. starts teaching from stage. And as mm-hmm. he's teaching, we go up behind him in the choir loft, the three of us walk up, sit down, and then we just flip this sign up that we made says <laughs> that says, Lunch we will buy, right? Love so it, John's love it. teaching, and some people just start, they start laughing. And so mm-hmm. he stops and doesn't know what what to do. And then he turns around. And and I don't know, Rich, if you've ever had one of those occasions in your life where time kind of stops. And then you think, uh, so and it was kind of this slow-mo thing <laughs> and he turns around and, and he looks at the three of us and i had two thoughts going through my head i thought this was a terrible idea uh, and i think <laughs> i think it. we're gonna get kicked out of a john maxwell seminar. <laughs> right. yes 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 so he looks at us and he's quiet for like two seconds which seems like three days mm-hmm. and then he starts laughing and he says uh, hey charlie which is his assistant or something he says make room for three more guys for lunch Oh, love it, love it! So takes us in a back room. We have lunch with John Maxwell and like a few other guys, and we're like the, we're just the, we're just the peasants that came like to the king's table, right? But I didn't care. We're in the room doing things. But the most surprising thing to me, Rich, was after that, we're walking the hallways a little bit as the hero, to be honest with you. Yes, yes. And people were like, (laughs) "Whoa, man, how was lunch with John Maxwell?" And I'm like, "Well, how was your lunch?" You know, like. um, But what surprised (laughs) me is that is that several people in different conversations said this man me and my me and my guys we talked about doing that
1: mm, man when we oh, heard that's john so
2: good when we heard john say that we thought about that and the only the only reason i had lunch with john maxwell that day is because i acted on the dream right. Bias right. And so yeah. many times we were just like, here's a good dream. Here's a good vision. But we get locked up in that and we don't do anything. And so we took a real hard look at the book of Nehemiah, put our heads together mm-hmm. and said, how is it that the Lord teaches mm-hmm. in, in the book of Nehemiah, which are principles for today? How do we move mm-hmm. from just this dreaming stage to this actual doing stage? Love
0: it, yeah. And I, I love this book. I think this could be a real gift. Here we are, you know, at the beginning of the year, where all this is the natural time of year where we're all thinking, like, hmm, I wonder what's this year going to be. This would be a great thing, I think, to process with your team together, friends. Now, um, Heath, I wonder if you could. So this that you've broken it up. I love this book because you've broken it up into just three really big ideas. Stuff I can get my head around. I'm a simple guy. I write things right reasons, right people talk me through right things maybe I'm the guy maybe I'm the person who's like the bias for action dude I'm willing to do anything how do I know if I'm heading in the right direction I'm doing the right things? help me unpack that
3: well I mean I think uh, we even jump into a few different myths in the book um, confronting mm-hmm. them and and a lot because a lot of times we think the right things are simply good things mm-hmm. and and that's probably one of the hardest things that um, churches wrestle with because we all want to do good things. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, because of that, though, we end up uh, getting this this avalanche of good things thrown mm. in our laps. And if we don't come up with them, someone else in the community is coming up with and go. You know what you should do, you know. Mm-hmm. And and before you know it, um, you are giving two percent of energy to each mm, individual so thing, and not really accomplishing. I mean. I don't want to say you're not accomplishing anything, but you're not accomplishing significant milestones in any mm-hmm. of these areas because you're not actually giving them the energy that they're due. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the right things in the context of this book is going, what is the thing that you know that you can do and that you're called to? What is that, what is that idea, that dream in your mind, in your heart and focus mm-hmm. in on that and then intentionally take the steps in order to pour the, the most amount of energy towards accomplishing those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cause otherwise the, the thing that will derail the, the biggest dreams of God for your life are good things. Cause they mm-hmm. aren't bad things because it's mm-hmm. easy to say no to bad. You can just go, no, mm-hmm. we ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. Good things, man. It's, it's hard to talk yourself out of doing some of these good things. Absolutely. And that's probably the biggest derailment that I see happening, um, in, in my life and in mm-hmm. churches that I work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Scott, unpack that a little bit more. I, I can see that, that issue really clearly. Like so many churches, um, it's not that they're lacking of thing, doing things. They're doing a lot of different things. The question is, right. how do we pick the right things? What, is, what does that look like? How, what, how should we be straining that out? What, maybe we're, we're looking around in all the different things that are happening in our church and we're trying to figure out what are the right things for us to do? Not, not give, we don't want to give 2%. We want to provide more energy, narrow the focus, all that. What's that look like?
2: Yeah, well, for sure, you know, you got to lean into the father and like, what are you calling us to? And that, mm-hmm. and he speaks in a ton of different ways. He's going to speak to us through our quiet time and, and that, mm-hmm. but I think you've also got to, you know, not really read the tea leaves. We got to read the days, right? Like you've got to look at what are your passions, you know, cause he's not going to, mm. I guarantee you, he's not going to call me into being a CPA somewhere. Like, that's not, that's not the right thing for me, nor for right. An organization. Right. So what is it that your passion or the, or that a lot of the passions in your church are doing or, and what are some hmm. of the resources? And we talk about resources, I think one thing that we don't talk about is the resource of proximity.
1: Hmm. You know,
2: where has the hmm. Lord placed you in proximity, whether that's certain location in your city, hmm. whether it's uh, certain relationships that you have. When you, when you look at the book in the MI, he was like, I was cupbearer to the king. Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, and so like mm -hmm. there's a proximity that's in the middle of that and then then it's the whole blackaby thing of find out where the lord is moving and get there you know some of the best things that we've done in our church has been because the lord has started to stir some stuff up and i'm and i'm like i I sense the lord's moving here maybe we should put some resources Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and uh you know it'd be easy to go like hey man that's great great leadership and the lord's like um Mm -hmm. or maybe you're just doing what i'm already doing
1: and moving that way and you start
2: seeing the traction on that you know what but one thing that we, um, we kind of explored in the book, uh, which was real helpful to me that Heath came and brought with, was he talked just a little bit about this whole idea of empires versus kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, that's really, and that's it really, really, ties, it was really, it, I, it really ties me. into this
3: whole element of uh-huh. focus is uh, creatives, no matter, or in leaders, whoever they are, everyone mm-hmm. has a natural bent toward building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all, um, taking items and creating something because we're all mm-hmm. creative beings. Uh, I mm-hmm. work with my, with creative teams and everything. I tell them the fifth word in the Bible tells us the first characteristic we know about God mm. in the beginning, God created, created, and, yep. and we're, we are given that same tendency and, and, and talent, um, embedded, mm-hmm. and it looks different for everyone, but we're mm-hmm. all creative beings. We're all building. It's a matter of what it is that we are building now, mm-hmm. uh, we can, we can build things that are personal ministry elements and everything, um, or we can build personal uh, uh, companies and things like that. At the end of the day, their intention, your mindset towards those things will determine whether or not that's an empire, or mm-hmm. is it? are you building the kingdom? Uh, mm-hmm. I know great guys who build incredible companies, but they're kingdom-focused. They go, this is mm-hmm. for the intention mm-hmm. of doing ministry and for taking— uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Rowe, uh, mm-hmm. he uh, owns a body shop, but his whole mm-hmm. thing is I own this body shop and I employ these employees because I am providing for these employees' families mm-hmm. and providing mm-hmm. a space where they can hear about I God. Love it. And yeah, so that, it. even though he's building something, he's building a company, he's doing it with a kingdom focus. Um, but I think a lot of people, even I've caught myself doing this, we can lean in toward empirical thinking mm. in ministry. And Mm -hmm. we start building and putting blocks upon blocks and creating things that are actually more about creating our establishment and creating our programs, creating our our legacy. You hear legacy Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. as a Mm -hmm. buzzword around um, more than their long lasting impact on the kingdom. So when Mm -hmm. you start focusing again, the right reasons is when you start taking a look at that. If you're doing the right things, you have to then take a look and go, am I doing them for the right reasons? Right. Right. Is it kingdom focused? or is it empire focused? And mm-hmm. uh, and we even talk about a couple things of ways that we can kind of check ourselves and check our mm-hmm. teammates too on going, mm-hmm. hey, if you have a tendency toward this, if you react this way towards things, mm-hmm. it's a good mm-hmm. litmus test to determining mm-hmm. uh, the, the empire focus or the kingdom focus, even within yeah. ourselves.
0: Yeah, I love it. Heath, sticking with that idea. Um, so let's assume, you know, maybe I'm a pastor of a church of, Thousand fifteen hundred people. I look around and I'm like, man, I feel like we're doing too much, and I'm, you know, we're we're spread thin. You know, one of the things we see on the church growth side is larger churches actually do less things. They do them with more energy than Mm -hmm. than smaller churches. Like I'm always surprised. You know, talk to a church of 150 people and they have like 25 committees and like all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) how do you do that? Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, what is the difference? I know you're a great strategy or great strategic leader. What's the difference between discernment? and strategy. How do I how do those two kind of interact with each other? How mm-hmm. do we how do we bring the Lord to bear in our decision-making process while at the same time use the brain that he's given us? How does that fit together in your brain? How does that look like?
3: Well, I think there's some uh, there one of the biblical examples that I'm always drawn to in this cuz what you're talking about I get asked a lot. They're like, "Oh, you're just thinking business strategy." Um, mm-hmm. there are things where you have heard the voice of God An angel of the mm-hmm. Lord appeared, you know, you, you see these mm-hmm. stories in the, in scripture all the time of where mm-hmm. the Lord spoke or spoke through something that is, you know, in discerning, which of these voices are true, um, which mm-hmm. of these are from mm-hmm. God. Um, that's a, that's a Holy spirit connection. Then there's mm-hmm. also things that are just, um, decisions that you make based on what you know, to be true about God. And so, Mm -hmm. and it's going, I know this is right. I know these, these elements are true because the principles are right. And a great example Mm -hmm. of that is, is um, Jonathan uh, with his armor bearer. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. once again, Israel's fighting, you know, the Philistines. And so Jonathan and his armor bearer kind of go off to the side or whatever. And they go, and Jonathan makes this, this profound move. He said, you know what? Let's call up to these Philistines that we see at this camp. Uh, If Mm -hmm. they ask us to come up, We're going to take that as a sign that Mm. God's giving us this army. Now, this Mm -hmm. wasn't based on, at least in scripture, it wasn't based on anything where he had in his devotional time, you know, or a good friend had come to him and said, hey, thus saith the Lord. This was a moment where he said, based on what I'm feeling Mm
1: -hmm. and based on Mm -hmm. what
3: I know about God, I'm Mm going to take a risk and I'm going to take this is a gut feeling. And he went up and the consequences of that were not like if he's wrong, it's not like, hey. You know, reset. You know, and better. We'll try again tomorrow. This was, mm-hmm. I I'd die, um, mm-hmm. but I love at the end of this little story, uh, they end up winning, and then it says that the earth shook,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I. Th- what mm-hmm. hit me so hard is that so many times we are looking for something. We need the earth to shake around us. We we mm-hmm. just think in our ministry, in our lives, or whatever, mm-hmm. and we go, why isn't something powerful <laughs> happening? And a lot of mm-hmm. times, it's because we're actually not taking. The steps to do the things based on that gut instinct and also mm-hmm. what we know about God to be true, and because mm-hmm. here's the thing: would the earth have shook if Jonathan hadn't taken that step? That wasn't mm-hmm. a "Thus saith the Lord" step. He mm-hmm. took the step, and it resulted in the earth shaking. And huh. so that Love. that that's how I see those two things working together.
1: Yeah, I love
0: that. That's so good. Well, again, I love the, the framework, right things, right reasons, right people. Um, Scott, one of the things I pr- appreciate about you, I'm a very casual observer of you, uh, your ministry. It seems like you, you're one of these people who actually believes in team leadership, like even in this conversation, it's like you guys wrote a book together, like you're, you know, you're um, my impression of you as a lead pastor is like, you're always like talking about other people around you. And like, you're gathering team around you, you're, you know, at the experience conference, you're like, even in the earlier this before our call today, you did this, I was like, Oh, it looks like the experience conference went great. And you were like, Oh, the team did such a good job. Like you're constantly pushing. in that. So that's a compliment to you. Right people is we all struggle with how do we find the right people to attach to, to draw in, to find, to get plugged in. Talk us through that. How does the book of Nehemiah, what is it? How is that, you know, story from thousands of years ago relate to us today as we're trying to build teams here?
2: Yeah, well, he's, I mean, he realized he's got, he has a vision that that he can't accomplish himself, you know, which I think God often does. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and people are like I can't do this on my own. I'm like, well, d- yeah, duh, right? Uh, so you're gonna <laughs> need the some, point. <laughs> you're gonna need some help, yeah. And 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 I think you know maturity, you know, realizes that like I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room, um, mm-hmm. and so you want to you know you want to create a team of just like like go getters. Let's go. But having, I mean, it's the whole Jim Collins thing, right? The right people on the bus you know, it's the who, then the what. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been a hard leadership lesson uh, for me, probably for a lot of leaders over time. Cause mm-hmm. you're just like, I think you're a nice guy and we'll get along. Let's do this. <laughs> Next thing you know, <laughs> you got to fire your best friend, you know, mm-hmm. yes, you go through yes. a couple releasing people into some other ministries. We'll say it like that, right. Help you to find yes. another ministry outside <laughs> yes, of our ministry. You better place, like, position you better <laughs> in the kingdom. There you go. <laughs> and that is, and I'm an Enneagram six. So it's like, that's death mm-hmm. to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So like That gives you motivation to like, you have to have the right people. And so how that's translated for us is, uh, you know, on our team at our our local church, we have worked really hard at, uh, sustaining attributes and we've got, um, the same thing we call them permission to play. So if you're interviewing Mm -hmm. at our church, here's what it means that you have to have, to play on our Mm -hmm. team. We're looking for that culture fit, right? And we Mm want to go slow in hiring because we'll be slow. Because I don't want to release people. I don't want to go through that. I don't want the sideways energy. I mean, I need the right people on the Mm -hmm. team that's motivating other people. And you're taking your lane and you're even coming Mm -hmm. out of your lane to help other people. And like, we're going and we're not fighting about it. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. here's here's, and I don't know it works for everybody, but here's in our context, we'll run everybody through uh, a really long hiring process. There's a battery of tests because again, we're looking for a culture fit and you might be amazing, but you're just not, nothing wrong with you. You know, nothing right. immoral, just not a cultural fit. So, um, I usually, by the time, unless it's a really, really high level position, um, mm-hmm. by the time the team, um, had, have, have done their due diligence and they're like, here's the person that we want to hire. i um, I'll come in uh, with the person if it's mid-level or above and I'll do a, only a 30 minute interview with them. And I'm asking them two questions. And these are my favorite mm. two questions. And I say Love to them, Oh, Lee and friends, be, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Love and it. These may be the hardest questions that you get all weekend. Um, but they're going to uh-huh. tell me where's my coffee. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question I ask him is this, uh, what am I going to learn about you in six months? That's going to surprise or embarrass me. Hmm. Oh, that's good. And I just shut up. And um, it has been super helpful. And, and I've gotten, I've gotten comments all the way from, Gosh, man, I really don't know if there's anything at all, you know, uh, to, um, uh, when I was younger, I, uh, attempted suicide. Um, mm-hmm. there's a bankruptcy in my past, uh, here's something you might learn mm-hmm. again. I'm, and I'm asking very intentionally, I'm asking for mm-hmm. culture fit. How honest can this mm-hmm. person be? Where are you Mm -hmm. gonna fit on the team? I'm not looking for anything that's gonna disqualify them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there may be something Mm -hmm. that comes up like, hey, we need to talk about that. But guys are like, I've got pornography in my past. Okay, I need to know Mm -hmm. that because I'm gonna Mm -hmm. help put some fences around you. The second Mm -hmm. question is sometimes tied to that. Sometimes it's the same answer, but sometimes it's different. And I say to them this, Mm -hmm. I just asked this question last week with the hire that we were doing. I said, if if I'm gonna have to stand in front of our congregation and read a resignation letter from you because of a moral Mm -hmm. failure, what is that moral failure going to be? Wow. Again, then I just, this shut up and, uh, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot, you know, people are like, oh, well, I don't think it's going to be anything. I'm like, okay, no, I <laughs> need to talk brother. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All yeah. of us has something, but again, I, yeah. I want to know, one, are you going to be a fit? And then two, what is, how can I help you in that? Cause I don't want us to get to mm-hmm. that. And so mm-hmm. that kind of helps me determine like, is this the right fit? Is it not the right person or not? Mm-hmm. And if not, like we'll, and we've had to make this hard decision. We've had to say no. When mm-hmm. there's nobody on the bench, right?
0: Especially yeah, right hard.
2: now, it's really hard to hire people, uh, yeah. for a myriad of reasons in the, in the church world. And so we've had to say, we're going to say, we would rather hire the right person than, than mm-hmm. make a, a bad hire and, and hope. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's I think, I think a are. lot of times, I think a lot of times too, we, we get blinded by
3: t- really talented people. Oh, uh, gosh. and, and we, we lose sight of this thing called missional unity, um, mm-hmm. I, I've had, I've been on teams where it's like, okay, everyone knows what, what they're doing, but they're all slightly off yes. target of what we're doing mm-hmm. missionally. Now, you know, everyone goes, oh, well, Hey, you know, we got to love on them. We got you know, yeah, you, you got to love mm-hmm. on them and, and encourage it. But at the end of the day, you have to make a decision based on is missional is the mission that we're called to more important uh, mm-hmm. or strong enough, uh, to be willing to make some hard calls on this, even though they're really mm-hmm. talented at what they do. Uh, mm. Is the mission more important than the talent that we're experiencing, and mm. and that's a hard thing to do because man, there's some really talented people out there that are not in missional alignment.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a good, and we, you know, I think there's. Uh... When a church gets to a certain size you can end up hiring professionals and some of that you have to do you have to find people who are really specialized in things but that's a particular risk in that area it's like just because this person has done this amazing thing at this other church does not mean that they're aligned with your particular mission that's a very good insight Heath. sticking with you around this whole idea of the right people And, you know, one of the things, so one of the things you're known for is crafting great experiences and crafting really creative experiences and things that are compelling and people want to be a part of them. There's an interesting tension there, particularly on the creative side between kind of getting the pros, people who are already fully baked, ready to do the best thing Mm. ever. And they're like, you know, slot them in and they'll nail it. And then the other side is like developing people, people who are, you know, are maybe not quite there yet. And how do we safely do that? Talk us through what that looks like. How do we wrestle through getting the right people, you know, the development versus the fully baked situation? What's that look like for you, Heath?
3: Well, it's really tough because a lot of times we see um, creative elements and we think, um, well, creativity (laughs) is is really only happens the stronger the collaborative process is uh, mm. and that's actually just not always actually most of the time it's not always true the collaborative process usually dulls down the creative level to the to a common denominator and mm. that is shared by mm. the amount of people in the room so mm. you could have a really sharp creative idea that those usually stem from one or two people uh, right. collaboration usually goes so how many people get that creative element and so mm. That principle that's in place is ha- happens on the on the talent and uh, development route as well so mm-hmm. you get some really talented people you can get some really cool traction you can get some really cool movement you may not have as much buy-in on it because not everyone gets it but if everyone mm-hmm. gets it it's not always the most creative thing and right, so right. what we tend to do is try to go okay let's you know it's not a magic formula but let's take a, a let's take your your music team, for example, Mm -hmm. um, what we tend to do is go, Hey, on any given weekend, you only have, you have one project on the stage. Mm -hmm. And so what that, what it means by that is someone who you are leaning into and developing who's not there Mm -hmm. yet. Um, Mm -hmm. but the rest of the team can shore them up and work on them. And so, and then that rotates around. Now, every team is going to be different. You got to figure out Mm -hmm. what that percentage and what that is, but it's an intentional Lego fit that Uh you're doing going how many prong Uh lego are we going to be are we a two prong Uh lego are we a six prong lego what can Uh fit to it without taking down um what we have said this is our level of excellence uh and this is the other thing i tell my team we are not in the business of perfection Uh, Mm. perfection will always point out where you fell short it will because Mm. none of us are perfect but excellence at the end of the day you can go i brought my best and I did my mm-hmm. best for the guy standing next to me, the girl standing next to me over here. We can all look each other in the eye and say, yeah, we brought it to the very best that we could. So uh, there's a there's a book called, uh, what is it, uh, Canoeing the Mountains. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's a line in there that says, it, it's okay to fail. It's not okay to suck. And right. I'm like, and I'm going, <laughs> dude, I want, I want t-shirts that say that because <laughs> yes, that is our yes. mantra going, man, yep. we can fail all day. And that's part of the development process. We want people to know if you're, you're not failing, you're not trying. Uh, yes. If you're yeah, if you're yeah, not yeah. experimenting enough, you know you need to be able to do that. In the process of failing, it's not okay to suck. It don't let right. it, the failure be because you didn't do it well. Right. You know. Yeah. You and so, you part of it. You
0: didn't develop exactly. You didn't, yeah. You didn't practice your craft. All that stuff. Yeah.
3: But if we are not in a constant business of working to find out how to hand off things and responsibilities and, and real leadership to the people around Mm -hmm. us, the next generation, if we're hoarding it again, it comes back to that mindset of imperialistic mindset. It is an Mm -hmm. empire that we are building around us Mm -hmm. instead of a kingdom mindset that goes out Mm -hmm. and multiplies. If I'm not Mm -hmm. ready to, if I'm not okay with handing off some of the biggest authority responsibilities to my team and letting them run, not saying abandon them, but provide the parameters and go, here's what I need at the end of this but whatever decision you make, I'm not going to overrun you. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're not doing that meaningfully in some ways, we're actually, without even maybe realizing it, we're building an empire around us. So Mm -hmm. that when we're not in the room anymore, it can't Mm -hmm. function and it can't, I heard a leader say, yeah, but it doesn't doesn't feel like me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's probably one of the best things that you can actually be bringing into an organization is that it doesn't feel like you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Mm -hmm. if it feels like you, then if you're not there, the whole thing crumbles. And that Mm. should never be the goal of kingdom-based building. Um, But unfortunately, that is the goal of empirical thinking.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's good. That's good. I I think that's a tension. We feel, we sense in lots of things, right? We want to find a way to, we all, we should be developing people, but how do we, you know, I love that. There's some really good thoughts there. Let's, let's Scott, let's talk a little bit about the book. So fight for the future. When I, so when I checked this out, I really did think this could be a great team resource. Could be the kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Hey, let's, let's work on this together as our staff team. Let's, you know, read through this. You've got discussion questions based right in there. Um, tell me how what you were hoping its impact would have, you know, particularly maybe in the church context. That's who's listening in. How could you see this resource being used by church leaders?
2: Yeah, so I, you know, I'll go back to the, you know, implementing the dream and you mm-hmm. make such a great point. There's so many good things to do. We need to, you know, you got to whittle those down and, and do the right things. Uh, mm-hmm. And so... You know, I, I think it's, I think it's a unique resource, Rich, because, uh, mm-hmm. Heath and I come from some different perspectives. Um, but mm-hmm. we're all the, the same direction, different voices. You know, he mm-hmm. is one of the most creative people that I know, as you've heard, you know, in mm-hmm. strategy and all that, and thinks like very, he's like a right brain, left brain, like creative, like, like sometimes like, you got to break that down mm-hmm. like for me a little bit more. Like it's, it's like, so, and I'm like, I'm the, I'm the three-point preacher guy. I'm gonna tell you some stories and give you some practical like stuff and and roll. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah, sure. The way we approached it was we said, man, hey, here's the framework out of Nehemiah. It is right things, uh, right, uh, right reasons, right people. And so we each took a chapter in there um mm. and spoke from our own voice in that. And then just uh, you know, again, those discussions are real practical. And I think like anything else, it gets some discussion going because most of the time mm. we're moving like super fast and we're just doing the stuff but we just got to pause and go like now wait a minute mm-hmm. are we mm-hmm. going the right the right way are there new things that we need to be to be mm-hmm. pursuing you know what might that look like and we take a you know a super deep dive as we go down and, and we talk about you know being the kind of person that god wants to use and uh, mm-hmm. you know your how how you know, what's, what's done in, in quiet with the Lord really informs everything else. And so it's, it's much Mm -hmm. deeper in the middle of all Mm -hmm. that, but you know, our dream that people would would read it and go like, yeah, let's start taking action on these dreams Mm -hmm. that the Lord has, because if it is his dream, he's going to use somebody to do it. And so Mm -hmm. he's calling Mm -hmm. you like, do it. And if you, if you pass on it, he's going to use somebody else. And then if we can be a help to you in, in that, um, you know, I can tell you a thousand ways not to do things you know, or (laughs) we've made it like, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, you know, we'd love to come beside you.
0: I love it. Heath, you want to more add to that?
3: Yeah. Um, something that I really appreciate about, about Scott. I mean, uh, first off, thank you, Scott, for those wonderful, encouraging words. You, uh, you you pet my ego, uh, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but no serious in all, all seriousness, uh, you'll see the chapters that, that, you know, the ones that I'm penning or whatever that I'm writing, uh, they'll, they'll be very much, this is how the structure will look. These are how the pieces move together. This is how these steps. And then you, you flip the page and you go to Scott and Scott really just penetrates right to the heart. And he goes, Mm -hmm. and this is what God is going to need to do in your life in order for this to be something that's lasting Mm in that, that I love that, that mindset, um, that Scott Mm -hmm. brings to that, because what, at the end of the day, you know, there's this tension that you hear a lot with strategy and, and ministry, What I'll just call it mm-hmm. that. Um, there are people going, Hey, it's not about the strategy. It's not about the, Hey, we're too, we're too planning. You know, it's, we have to be more spirit, you know, let and everything as if mm-hmm. these are two things right. that are opposite right. each other. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually they're most efficient when they work in tandem yeah, with together. Each other. Absolutely. And, yeah, for sure. and in the same way that what it was, uh, the example of, you know, people go, well, Hey, you guys are strategizing too much on how to build, they had to fight. I had someone tell them go, this isn't a fight for the future. God's got this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. actually it is a fight. Cause there's an intentionality. God will build yeah. his church. How mm-hmm. much, like Scott just said, how much you want to be a part of it mm-hmm. is up to you. You know, in the right. same way, the kid who had the, you know, the loaves and fish, are you telling me no one else there had any food? Um, mm-hmm. But he was the only one who stepped up. And because of that, he's the only one mentioned in that story, you mm-hmm. know, and was a part mm-hmm. of that story. When we're talking yeah, about fighting it. for the future, it's asking, how much do you want to be a part of the story? God's going right. to do what he's going to do. He doesn't right. need us to feed the 5,000, but right. he invites love us it. in That's and it. going, it's so it's what invitation. are we going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Love so. it
0: so good. Well, this has been a great conversation. Could you give us, you know, a 2-minute shot as well, Heath, on the experience conference? I so I think you guys do such a great job on this. If I'm an executive pastor, we know there's a lot of executive pastors listening in. To me, I think this could be a great conference for you to say, "Hey, I want to take my creative folks together. Let's go and do this together." Mm-hmm. I think it could be a, a, just a fantastic experience for your team. Uh, give us the, you know, why experience, what's unique about it, why do I need another conference, those kind of things. So give us that that sense there, Heath.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about experience uh, conference and what drew me to it to begin with was the fact that it is less about the um, the stage and the floor. And it's more about peers talking to peers, um, from experience or from, you know, here's the journey thus far that here's some hurdles that I've faced, um, and sharing that with each other. And Mm -hmm. in that room, uh, you have, you have such an even blend of voices on so many Mm -hmm. levels, both in, Mm -hmm. in speaking, but also in, you know, singing, you know, and everything. Mm -hmm. The fact I love how Scott, you know, has shared in the past that it's one of the few experiences where he's been able to, uh, sit next to his team and worship together, mm, you know, so in, good. in song. Um, but that's one aspect of it. The mindset mm-hmm. being able to talk to people and share a mindset that tells them you're not alone in this. Oh, you thought mm-hmm. maybe you were the only one struggling with this. You're not, where you're in a room full of people who are all doing this together. Uh, mm-hmm. that community is something that's truly, i found unique because it's less about a concert and nothing mm-hmm. against concert. I love concerts. And I think there's something very powerful about just bringing people together and just celebrating together. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't downplay that at all. But this mm-hmm. is not that. Um, this is much more about uh, that communication and that bond peer-to-peer. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a great way for whether you are in the music ministry or creative ministry or any other area of uh, your church ministry to come together with the same mindset together as a team I think there's a lot of potential there for your team to walk away with something truly unique. Love it.
0: Yeah. That's just at experienceconference.com. Like again, friends, I would encourage you to check that out. I know, you know, there's a lot of, it's, it seems like there's a lot of conferences going on. Obviously all this stuff kind of post pandemic is ramping back up, but I, I really do think this is one that you need to at least make the decision against, like, look at it, take a, take a look. Is this the kind of thing that you could and should take your team to? Uh, it's right at the end of August, beginning of September, August 29th to September 1st, if I've got those dates, right? Um, so yeah, and there's discount cliffs and all that. So make sure you check that out. Scott, if people want to pick up copies of the book, I'm assuming they can get them at Amazon. I think Amazon still sells books. They seem to sell everything else. <laughs> they can get them there. Is there anywhere else we want to sell, send them online to uh, pick up copies of Fight for the Future? Uh,
2: yeah, several places. You can grab, you go to my website, scottlongyear.com, grab them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, Amazon. Uh, Heath, we also, Heath did the other side of the marketing. We're on yep. Barnes & Noble, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And
3: Apple Books, of course, for eBooks and everything like that, it also available. It. Amazon provides both the, the Kindle version and they do, they have, the physical copies as well best way to get Mm -hmm. a physical copy though is uh scottlongyear.com um yes so that that would be and he'll i believe he'll sign the copies of the books. Oh, uh, nice. His, Look at that. It's all right. well
2: signed. He's named too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's been We're doing Scott's that computer
0: for computer. a long time. Uh, no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great. Uh, Scott, why don't we give you the last word? What, anything else you want to say just as we wrap up today's conversation, I really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, investing in us. And this has been super helpful. I've got a page of notes here, stuff to, to chew on. So I appreciate that. Anything else? Yeah, no, I, I,
2: I think I would just encourage uh, leaders, um, man, um, thanks for staying in the game. I know the latest uh, mm-hmm. stats are somewhere, between 38 and 40% of us are like, if we could, if we could take an, another job with the same benefits, we'd jump tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll go back to, I was, I was talking with a, a friend, I don't want to name the ministry placement agency they were with. And they just said, we're just talking to a lot of folks and they're uh, a lot of folks are looking for jobs and they're no longer talking about calling. They're talking about, mm-hmm. I want this position and I want it in this city. And mm-hmm. so I just mm-hmm. want to say, thank you for being true to the calling uh, that mm-hmm. your work even though it is hard, it is not in vain. It Mm -hmm. is not in vain. Like this is a, this is a holy work that the Lord has called us to. I know it's hard, man. I know Mm -hmm. there's a grind. Mm -hmm. I know there's a frustration. There's an exhaustion Mm -hmm. that has come, but Mm -hmm. it is not in vain. And I want to just tell you, you're doing like well done now. And we're one day going to hear from the father as he turns to us. (laughs) He's going to say, well done. So keep up the great work. Love it.
0: appreciate you guys thanks so much again friends I would check out the their book and you know jump in with the experience conference these are great folks you should be following along uh, thanks so much thanks for being on the show today guys thank, thank you, you so much appreciate, appreciate
1: it. it thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary podcast unseminary. drop by Unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team there you will find articles online courses and so much more Unseminary stuff you wish they taught in seminary Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.